0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking players of the year and snoozers of the year on Roto Viz Radio. Roto Viz! Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz. Regular season Curtis is now in the rearview mirror. Some crazy finishes yesterday. An interesting playoff picture setting up for us. Uh, a lot of things to get through in the next couple of months, but we're gonna try to take a quick little breath here, just reflect a little bit on the season that was. And uh, how are you doing tonight, sir?
2: I'm doing great, man. Uh coming off a huge high watching that football game uh, unfold on Sunday Night Football. So it was so cool. Um, I was not one of the people rooting for a tie. Uh, I understand the the watch it burn crowd is very large. Mm -hmm. It would have been unprecedented to see teams just kind of kneeling it out uh, to take the, I guess to take the guaranteed path, but just always been a competitor, been a fighter. I I love that I love that the Raiders went for it in the big moment. Um what a huge slice and dice run. Uh an extra effort by Josh Jacobs, some really clutch throws by by Derek Carr um down the stretch. And uh yeah that that was interesting and listen, nobody has more disdain or distaste for the Pittsburgh Steelers than than myself. <laughs> a lot of the pain in my NFL fandom uh, history has been at the hands of, of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm not even particularly much of a Ben Roethlisberger fan. But I'm definitely a romantic when it comes to the important careers in NFL history. Yep. And, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin pairing is one of the most important coach quarterback pairings in NFL history. That's not even up for debate. It's it's in the top 10. And uh, it, it's always interesting to just watch, just watch those all timers, you know, get one more run at it. I mean, Ben has literally nothing to lose. This is an extra game. He's playing with house money. The Steelers ha- have a great uh a, a great pass rush they have a, a running back that can shoulder the load that you know you and i both very high on and he delivered this year it be interesting i mean i think this dealers are dangerous you know waltzing into arrowhead i wouldn't want to play him so it, it it sets up for really fun playoffs i know we're gonna talk a little bit about the playoff challenge this week and now uh, we've the podcast has a team so that's gonna be fun to put together and assemble together And, uh, man, we're at the precipice of the dynasty season. But, yeah, let's go down the rabbit hole. And, by the way, I'm drinking rabbit hole cave hill bourbon tonight. Let's go down the rabbit hole, put a little bow, little ribbon on the 2021 fantasy season.
1: All right. So we're going to start off here with the player of the week. We're going to go position by position. Start off with, well, I shouldn't say the week. I should say the year. We're going to go with the quarterback of the year. Followed up with the snoozer of the year. Let's just talk about the quarterback position. I'm not going to play the sound effects every, every time just so people know up front. (laughs) I'm lazy. Uh, I think it might be a little too much, but who do you have at quarterback for us?
2: (laughs) It would be great by the end if we just added like five seconds, every (laughs) time you use that drop, (laughs) just how many people stick around. Uh, Um, So this is tough. Um, I'm actually not going to go with the overall QB one. We're going to use points per game uh, because it's a real fantasy show. Uh, for this and Josh Allen was the QB one um, overall 26.4 really got hot at the critical point of the season but I'm not going to go with them because when we're talking about the player of the year for fantasy purposes value has to matter somewhat and Tom freaking Brady man the QB two 25.1 points per game 10 top 12 weeks 14 top 24 weeks he had Six games over – seven games over 30 fantasy points at age 44. This guy's I, – I don't know what to say, man. He's six years older than me, and he's like the best quarterback on the planet still. This is nuts. Um I have so much respect for this man's game. It's just – Incredible the the work and the the technique and how he still makes it effortless and man and just a total fu moment to Antonio Brown and all of the stuff that was going on it d- really didn't matter who was out there, uh, really did not matter who was out there he had some great weapons at some points in the season but you know when when the team needed needed uh, Brady for a ninety plus yard drive at the end of the game to to beat the Jets late in the season you know he's he's doing it with no name players so. Tip of the cap to Tom Brady, 401 fantasy points this year. That is crazy, man. It's crazy. It's only the third time in his career that he did it. He did it in 2007. That was the Randy Moss season, 446 in 16 games that year. Did it again in 2011 with 422. The third best fantasy season and raw scoring of this young man's career. I mean, what else can you say, Dave?
1: Well, actually, get this, Curtis. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. Of the three, Mike Evans at 15.3, I believe it was, had the lowest PPR points per game and was the wide receiver 14. Meaning, Brady put three receivers Crazy, man. in the top 14. Yeah, and
2: that's just the receivers. And we're going to talk about some of the other skill players. I have a feeling. Yep. When we get to the other positions, Dave. So, um, that that's that, you know, if we're going to talk about some honorable mention type stuff, um, I think it's important to mention Joe Burrow and his, his, you know, awesome breakout. He's drafted as a QB 13, um, ends up as the QB nine, uh, in, in points per game. So some good value there. Jalen hurts, uh, QB seven and was drafted at QB 11. This podcast, super high on Jalen Hurts and glad to see him lock down that position. So a couple other names of note there, but let's move on to the snoozers, Dave.
1: Yeah. You know, the the, the name that came to mind here. And I think that when you're looking at the snoozers, these are not going to be uh universal across people. Um, I'm going with a, with a player that wasn't drafted too high, but I think is one of these players that a lot of people will put in as on their best ball teams, or they might put in as their QB two on their team. And, and, and we're thinking that maybe just maybe Things would work out this year and you would have this quarterback approximating a typical finish for him where maybe he's flirting with the end of being a QB one, low end QB two. And that player, my friends, is Matt Ryan comes in at the quarterback 26, unable really to get things going once Calvin Ridley was out just one QB one week, I believe, after Calvin Ridley. Was removed from the equation in that week, just 17.8 points. Um, You know, we talked many times about touchdowns being a problem. 16th in passing touchdowns was 23rd in QBR. Um, You know, really lagging behind in fantasy points over expectation And though he was not the highest drafted quarterback out of players out there, feel like he definitely disappointed uh, for many teams. So Matt Ryan is getting the snoozer award from me. Uh, pretty disappointing. If I had to identify some um, honorable mentions, you know, another one might be Sam Darnold.
2: Dishonorable. Dishonorable mentions.
1: Dishonorable mentions. That's right. That's right. Sam Darnold, in light of that terrific start that he had, oh, yeah. where he probably fooled some people into thinking that they had discovered some type of gold and then he completely Sam fell off. Darnold. Oh, yeah. So Sam th- those are the snoozers at quarterback. I'm going to, th- I'm going to toss out there. Let's kick it back and let's, let, you know, let's get some positivity here with running back.
2: Okay. So, so some fantasy players of the year at the running back position, we've, I can he just didn't play enough games. I, I really just want to swerve hard and go Derrick Henry here. He was the RB one. Yeah. In points per game, uh, by a point and a half over our RB two, who will be the player of the the year. But Derrick Henry, twenty four point one seven PPR with no material receiving production to speak of, just an absolute animal man. We we've we've given some respect to him throughout the season, so I feel like we've talked about him enough. But we've got to go. I mean, I think we've got to go with Jonathan Taylor here, the huge yep. year two breakout, twenty two point seven nine for all intents and purposes the RB one this season because you know he played the whole year. Um, and actually ended up being being a value pick here. Uh, you did not have the option of getting him in, in round two often toward the end of draft season. He was going at RB8, ADP of 11.6. You know, he's really one of those classic one-two turn picks for teams that wanted to uh, start running back heavy or go one and one and give themselves an option of what to do later in draft. The ultimate one RB uh single r b hero r b whatever term you want to use modified zero r b the ultimate uh this season and uh really excited to see what the rest of his career uh has in store you know he's the he's the building block the cornerstone uh cornerstone of the colts at this point some honorable mentions though yep dave it might surprise you to learn that lenny fournette was the r b four leonard fournette drafted at r b thirty six and ended up RB4 in points per game, easily the value pick of the season. Yep. Uh, not available to in season long uh, roster management formats. I can understand the disappointment uh, as he wasn't available to you at critical junctures of the season. Still ended up being a best ball hero for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, anything, it's you know, Tom Brady with that Midas touch, man. Anything, <laughs> anybody that's touching the ball after. Tommy Touchdown uh, takes the snap. You know, they were producing. And then Honorable Mention, there's several um, directions we could go here. We could go with James Conner, who who averaged 16.39, and that includes a couple games where he didn't play start to finish. One of the best zero RB selections of the year, showing up on many of our, our lists, including uh, Sean's uh, zero RB countdown. And then one of the favorite picks of this podcast, one of my must draft running backs for 2021 and also showing up on Sean's zero RB list. You had to wait. You had to be patient, but Rashad Penny (laughs) RB 55 in best ball drafts, man. And he made it, he made it up at the end. Yeah, I'll be shocked if he still, I'll be so shocked if he doesn't end up with um, a a pretty significantly positive best ball uh, win rate uh, because of his, his heroics at the end of the season. And Dave, I know this, this week didn't count. End of the year with over 190 rushing yards in week 18. Wow! <laughs> in week 18, 190 rushing yards in week 18. Man, that team had nothing to play for. They just put him on his back, and he did it again. I mean, this guy's red hot, uh, delivering at the right time, going into a contract year. And uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to end our Player of the Year running back segment with a downer. But you know, being a Seattle Seahawk, you're of course interested. You know, what, what's Coach Carroll going to say? About Penny. Well, in the presser today, <laughs> I'm looking for any positive Rashad Penny news for this podcast, <laughs> and what I see, Pete, Pete, Pete Carroll says Chris Carson should be ready for camp.
3: <laughs> that's,
2: that's, <laughs> the, that's the release. What the heck? I, you know, and team trying to get leverage. I understand it, but oh, it's just Seattle's always gonna, Seattle's always going to Seattle, man. All right, here's the snoozer. Who are the snoozers at RB?
1: Honestly, the, the, I think there's only one name that I need to say. It's a player that many thought could make a triumphant return that many thought would justify being, uh, that round one pick. If you managed to get him there, I know I was a manager that suffered at his hands and that my friends is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley finishes as the RB 29 in PPR per game. The numbers are ugly, man. Um, I, I, You know, 135 in fantasy points over expectation per game was the RB 16 in terms of expected points per game finished again at 29 in uh, PPR per game, put up just three RB one performances for you. Now, that was 25% of the season, but you missed a full stretch between week six and week 10. Just nothing really good coming out of Barkley's season. Yes, weeks three and four went over 20 points in each of those games, but started off really cold, just 3.7 against Denver, followed with 8.9 against Washington. Really, the the best stat I can give for people out there is that he ranked 14th in targets among running backs. Um, You thought that this guy might return and might be the thing that made the difference for your team. You were hoping that you got a steal getting him at like 10, 11, 12 in your draft, uh, and that just did not manifest, nor did really anything positive manifest in uh, the New York Giants offense. So Saquon Barkley, the running back snoozer.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know who else you could really say. I mean, I, I think there were uh, some other disappointing high round picks that probably still ended up being team crushers because you could have gone Travis Kelsey or you could have gone Devontae Adams or something like that in, in round one and you end up regretting the pick. You know, like Dalvin Cook didn't pay off. You know, Ezekiel L didn't pay off. Um, and, and those are players that that weren't injured for the material portion of the season, like Christian McCaffrey or like Derrick Henry. But yeah, I think I think it starts and ends with Barkley. Barkley Barkley versus Taylor was a huge, huge decision coming yep. into this season. Uh, that it was like Barkley, Taylor, and Najee uh and Aaron Jones. That's like those are the four that were like kind of available in that corridor, late round one, early round two. And and what were you going to do there? And you could have aced it or you could have failed it pretty easily. Um, so, yeah, it, great pull there. He actually wasn't coming top of mind. And actually, it's just because I just don't even think about Saquon Barkley anymore, which is pretty crazy. Uh, he's just like not even on my radar. Things to change about.
1: quickly, man. <laughs> they change quickly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All well, right. we know. <laughs> A wide yeah, receiver, we man. We We just know. We just know. It's, it's my number one exposure of the 2021 season, my most profitable fantasy football season ever. Cooper cup, man, 406.9 PPR during the first 16 games of the season. Uh, we'll need to get, get an update uh, to see where he, he ended up, including the final week. And he still came out and balled in week 18, just, just, you know, putting up um, extra points as the Rams battle the, the 49ers to see what would happen in the playoffs but man, Cooper Cup, just, I, I don't know what to say, man. i The, the premise of, of drafting him was totally correct. I mean, he was due for some t- a touchdown correction um, after underperforming that category versus his career and prior season um, last year. And then, you know, we, we thought that Stafford, though not necessarily elite, was going to be a significant upgrade over Jared Goff. And then all of the camp chatter was positive about their connection. And Stafford just kept saying like cups on another level like he's just the most detail oriented receiver I've ever played with and it just all it all played out like just he's unguardable you you know he's getting the ball you know where Stafford's looking and it just doesn't matter and Stafford will make some dumb the, the touch did you see the touchdown catch against the 49ers in the quarter in the, in the end zone
1: i didn't Stafford
2: and cup yeah Stafford okay so it's it's a highlight worth searching it uh back left pylon Across the body, across the field, and staff the Stafford to Cup connection literally by the end of the season reached the level of um, panic throw cups over there somewhere. So I'll just zing it. Yep. I mean it's and and is you know and just touchdown impossible windows impossible catches. Um, just so so awesome to to have a you know a, a flag plant hit like that as the overall wide receiver one despite Dave. Would you care to guess? Can you remember that long ago what his wide receiver ADP was entering the season?
1: His ADP entering the season? His,
2: his Yeah, his positional ADP.
1: I think it might have been like 22 or 24 or something like that.
2: Yeah, it, it climbed a little bit over the course of the offseason. So if I take like the the 90-day average, yep. so let's just take the whole summer into account and doing this in our FFA, FFPC ADP exposure report tool. Wide receiver 16 had a late fourth round adp of 46.1 wow. wow just yeah just just absolutely crushed
1: and, and the, the crazy thing here well i shouldn't say the crazy thing the thing that i really enjoy about this curtis is two years ago the uh range of outcomes tool had had cooper cup as its overall wide receiver one uh, so it was, I forget, I forget honestly, if it was one or two seasons off, but it knew that good things were to come. Unfortunately that season I was so in
0: on Cooper Cup. this year, it liked him, but not quite as much. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data
2: Yeah, that that was probably last year. Yeah. Uh, because the year before was when he was wide rec- overall wide receiver four. Okay. And yeah. so that would have been informing his sample last year. Yeah. Yep. Um a two two honorable mentions, and we won't cut him up too much because uh, we got to get through all the positions here. Um Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I was ready to just hang him up on on Debo. And a lot of that is a little bit of my I I mean, it's not that I I just ignored him. You know, I just, if he was there and he was a value, I'll take him. Like, I just didn't have like a Debo Samuel stance, really. I mean, I felt like George Kittle was the way to play the offense and the cheap running backs, hoping one of them hit. And then Ayuk was, uh, Ayuk was just such a Roto favorite that we just, we spent a lot more time talking about him. And so Samuel ends up, um, on the season, you know, just totally redefining himself as an elite. I'm mean, truly uber elite player. Um, one of only three wide receivers to average more than 20 PPR per game. It was Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams, Debo Samuel. I mean, just that—that's—that's that's crazy, man. Like I yeah, would never is. put, would have never put. I could, I could have easily seen and did see Cooper Cup being on the Devonte Adams level. Would have never thought Debo. So you know, he—he's redefined himself in the NFL. And then obviously from a fantasy value perspective big decisions to make next year looking at that 49ers team and then dynasty value. We'll have to debate on Debo. And then uh, the other honorable mention here um, for me, uh, there's, there's two of them and they're, they're both rookies. The first being Jamar chase finishing the year at wide receiver five on a points per game basis was a low end wide receiver two. the Higgins versus chase debate was huge. They both ended up doing well and neither one really hurt you, but chase man, I mean, he just—he's—he's he's the next thing. He's the next thing in the NFL. And then, um, on a lower key note, I mean, he, Jalen Waddle. You know, he, fifteen point six one per game with totally just replacement level quarterback play, um, and not really any other weapons the offense to speak of. I mean, did a lot of, as a chain mover. He didn't really score the points the way that he did it in college. But now that he's established himself as a, you know, possession style receiver, you know, what will happen when the team, you know, presumably upgrades to the position next year and they have a new offensive uh, scheme. Of course, we learned about um, Brian uh, Brian, uh, Flores uh, being jettisoned today. So a couple of honorable mentions for the rookies there and the mid-career breakout for Debo Samuel. What about the snoozers, Dave?
1: Well, there's really just one place I went here. I'd imagine other people might have somebody else, but uh, for me, like, my mind immediately went to Alan Robinson and I just stopped there. I didn't feel the need to look up anything else. Alan Robinson. Let me quickly take everybody through where he has finished in a PPR per game rank through his career. Uh, I'm just going to read them down and not say the year. 8 33. I had a 2017 played just one game. We'll throw that out. 2018, 33, 11, 13, then 2021, 82. Um, in what felt like a year where perhaps he could build some chemistry with a young quarterback, we've seen him be able to be successful with the range of quarterbacks. This was not his year. Pretty sad to see. Uh, he was a guy that I had some exposure to across teams thought if things didn't pan out, you'd still be looking at somebody that could at least finish as a wide receiver three, but it all went to hell.
2: Yeah, man, I'm just looking back at how gross this is. He had a third round, Alan Robinson had a third round ADP, Dave, yep. Yep. in best ball. Positional ADP, wide receiver 12. Wide receiver 12. Yep. You were, Robinson was a cornerstone piece of yes. your fantasy team if you selected him this year. I mean, you, that, is, that is just murderous. Um, that, that is a, a lead balloon. Um, to your to your fantasy squad, if you if you make that selection,
1: yeah, I can remember there was a couple of times he was around in round four, and I was like, oh wow, this is looking nice. I'm gonna go ahead and make the pick. Robinson round four. <laughs> now it it kind of got to the point. Oh, I, I don't know man. if he would have made it on a team.
2: Oh man. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's all yeah. I got. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that hurts, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that really hurts i think uh you know it, it if you if you don't adjust for injuries um you know some other names that were if, as we're kind of uh, chronicling the season here uh taking the inventory of what happened robert woods was wide receiver 13 of course he had an injury excusing his issues uh Julio jones did not defy uh the age curve and get healthy all of a sudden wide receiver 20 positionally uh hurt a lot of squads um odo Beckham jr wide receiver 27. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, man, wide receiver 28. I know that was a calculated bet and people that's a little different than the players who, you know, weren't suiting up yet, but Robbie Anderson, Juju Smith Schuster, Kenny Galladay, lots and lots of whiffs in the wide receiver two, wide receiver three range, which is one reason we like drafting so many of them is you get some of the, you get some of the Brandon cooks at wide receiver 40, you know, when, when you do that. Um, So anyway, let's move on to tight end. And this is another one where there's a pretty easy, you know, runaway winner. And then there's, you know, maybe a sneaky, a sneaky honorable mention here. So it's got to be Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews unseats Travis Kelsey in a healthy season as the overall wide or tight end one in fantasy. I mean, just absolutely killed it. 11 top 12 weeks um, during the traditional fantasy year, 15 out of 16 games was a tight end two or better? Week one against Vegas actually being the only game where he where he wasn't at least a tight end two. Andrews finished first in targets, first in receptions, first in receiving yards, first in air yards, first in whopper, first in PPR, first in PPR per game, um, and number one amongst all tight ends with a twenty five percent team target uh, percentage. Just almost swept everything. Was also fourth in total touchdowns. Um, second in expected points per game, and despite his huge role, also was extremely efficient. Um, third amongst all tight ends and fantasy points over expectation per game. So just really was the nuts. Yep. Um, and he was he was much cheaper. I mean, he was much cheaper uh than than Travis Kelsey. I'm switching over from receiver to tight end and the and the tools here. Um Andrews 41.4, even in the FFPC with tight end premium. Uh, scoring, Andrews was tight end six over the course of the summer. Ends up tight end one. And, you know, people were drafting Travis Kelsey at number three overall. That didn't necessarily hurt you. Um, Kelsey had a great year. Darren Waller at 8.7. Darren Waller, you know, that that's, that's uh, George Kittle, 17.3. Kyle Pitts, you had a great rookie season by all, you know, by all measurables. TJ Hawkinson, 37.1. Those are the tight ends going in front of Andrews. Um, he absolutely crushes And for me, you know, we talked a little bit about this as we teased our dynasty rankings last week. You know, I I think it does have to be him over Pitts, even as a 1A, 1B uh, in dynasty right now uh, for my money. Now, for, for an honorable mention, again, anything associated with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, man, tight end 17, tight end 17, but on the season finishes at tight end four on a points per game, just in regular PPR. I mean, there's an absolute resurgence. And now with Antonio Brown gone and Chris Godwin out, you know, you really saw Tom Brady lean on, on Gronk in the final season of the year. And Dave, as we uh, transition into talking about the playoff challenge competitions later on this week, you almost have to kind of like Gronk as a potential pivot off of some of the more popular tight end plays And, uh, you know, I expect hands down that Brady will be the most popular uh, Buccaneers play. There's, you know, Gronk represents a pivot in multiple directions and looks like looks like the favorite piece in the offense. So uh, it it really is fun watching their connection be rekindled and to see Gronk play at a high level instead of being a guy that kind of just lumbers around and catches some touchdowns like he did in 2020 um, seems to be playing uh, much more healthy, more free and looking like like his old self. Maybe not on the level of 26-year-old Gronk, um, but still uh, pretty phenomenal. Um, Any snoozers there, Dave, or anything to add on Gronk?
1: Well, I guess the only thing I'll say on on Gronk is, uh, I mean, I agree. I think he's a super compelling option for playoff challenges. I think that we're going to see him being an instrumental part of that offense, similar to what we saw in the Super Bowl, you know, when he was more or less made a priority. Um, I think that we're going to see that. I think it works out well for that team. There's obviously that connection through all those years between him and Brady. So that's a really interesting pivot off of Brady Uh, at snoozer for tight end. Uh, I feel obligated to mention Jared cook, uh, as he, you know, failed to live up to my <laughs> lofty expectations,
2: uh, <laughs> telling on ourselves there a little I bit, will but hey, say that, though, that was a, lo- that was a low cost play. Dave. Yeah, that was a low
1: cost. So Jared play. cook though. Uh, 27% of his games were tight in one performances. So, so there's that, uh, behind him, I guess the other one would be, uh, Robert Tunyon who, uh, comes in at 29 in, uh uh, points per game. Of course he only played in eight games, but uh, it really looks pretty evident that we, if we saw him, you know, across the full season, you just weren't going to get what you got the year prior. So those are yeah, my his, ro- his role
2: evaporated, his role totally evaporated. You're, you're 100% on, um, with that. And, uh, you know, I think Tyler Higby was a little bit overdrafted, uh, you know, Dal- Dalton Schultz, you know, I, I should mention, um, ended up being an extreme value, um, you know, and was and was more consistent than than Gronk. So I, I guess I should mention him as a an alternative honorable honorable mention number two mm-hmm. in the position there. So uh, that that's nice, man. We 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 got to a lot of different names um, this season. I, I'm, it, it was so frustrating on so many levels. So many injuries to key players. The the, the COVID, uh, you know, the, the COVID uh, unavailability and and rescheduling of of some games, and you know just. It was crazy, man. Waiver Wire was more important than, than any year I can ever remember, both in Dynasty and Redraft. Um, but at the same time, it just goes to show you that you know there are, there are many ways to win. But our way to win is to adhere to some, struct, some core values of structural-based drafting. And there's not only one right way to do it. But if you are going to draft a structure, make sure that that structure uh, is, is based on sound analysis. And then just grinding, man. Just grinding every week. Um, being active in the waiver wire, looking ahead at strength of schedule, trying to make thoughtful trades, not getting lazy and just, you know, having our season end on draft day. Um, it's all about putting the work in before the draft and then taking care of that squad. Um, one, you know, once, <laughs> once it's in your uh, portfolio, so kind of, kind of transitioning, I just wanted to mention two things kind of to tease our next couple episodes of the week, Dave, if that's all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fine.
2: So, so we're oh, definitely wow, going to talk, play <laughs> out. Yeah. you're in the host chair tonight. So I feel like I need to, if I'm going to swerve, I got to at least run it by you. Yep. Um, so the, the playoff challenge contest. So so first off, if you've never played a playoff challenge contest, I challenge you to do it this year. It is it is so much fun, man. It is just so much fun. You know, and and I'll, I'll give you a high-level strategy of maybe how to do this. Um, if if you want to look more into this, you can check out Michael Dubner's work from last week. It uh, went out in our premium email a few days ago. And I'm sure it'll resurface um, on social media, and he may even uh, issue a follow up to it, uh, talking about the the game before the game, the game within a game. But lay out your playoff bracket. You know, have have a roster that tells a story, um, or draft a roster that tells a story, depending on the format that you're playing. And uh, you know, I really like the formats, like the FFPC, where you can only select one player from each squad it just introduces so many different decision points and it's so much fun and i think with the 14 teams especially um picking you know who you're gonna fade who you're gonna soft fade just really really fun stuff dave and i are gonna draft a team for the podcast uh over at the ffpc the ffpc is up their playoff challenge jackpot the grand prize this year dave that hopefully we will be splitting 500 K man. Wow. 500 K. There's only seventy two hundred and fifty entries available. It's 200 bucks a pop. So obviously, you know, that's an expensive option, but for that you get some really high dollar payouts. Second place is also six figures at hundred grand. Um, and then some other, other sites that we enjoy playing as well, you know, underdog um, has a lower uh, cost to enter. Um, it's also a different format. Um, you're going to draft your squad instead of just selecting, um, from any player that you want. Um, but they also have a, a high uh, jackpot available, um, just much many more entries that you're competing against. So some other sites out there offering some good games too. Did want to mention those two. And Dave Dave and I will talk a little bit more about that. And then I mentioned the top of the pot. You know, that's really kind of the start of the dynasty new year. We're looking at our our rankings and it's a little too early for a startup for me yet. I like to get past the Super Bowl. I'm sure I'll probably get talked into one before <laughs> then. But I, in my, in my mind, it's like, let's evaluate the rookies and then let's do a startup. But Dave, I did purchase an orphan. Oh, over nice. at the FFPC. Nice. The FFPC sell you know, the FFPC has never had a dynasty league go under ever. Um they, they have 100% placement rate of their orph- orphans and I to I want to run down this roster with you real quick and then I thought as an exercise we could talk about what moves I should make to get this team um ready to go. Yep. Um you know, and, and over the course of the off season but these are the type. Some of these squads that you can you can go in there and purchase. I don't have a lot of work to do, man. So this is a two hundred and fifty dollar super flex dynasty best ball orphan quarterback Josh Allen and Russell Wilson. Running backs, okay. There's there are zero. There is it's literally empty at okay. running back. Okay? okay, so that's where we're going to be building from. But wide receivers, man. Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman, Hunter Renfro, Darnell Mooney wow tight ends mark andrews and darren waller Woof. okay so uh, this is hot man i yes, i got is. this is a hot squad man yep. I, i've got some real assets to trade it has it owns all i i inherited all of the future draft picks this wasn't an owner that uh you know mortgaged the future so it's gonna be really fun this is gonna be probably a, a miniature article series i'll i'll uh share on the site here uh this offseason on how to turn this squad around and turn it in from a you know Uh, fourth fifth place team like it finished this year into a winner really going to be making a play to win that league as early as 2022 i think with the the assets in hand so i i would encourage you just to go over to the ffpc uh check out the dynasty orphans i tweeted from my timeline a couple days ago some squads that were still available in one qb dynasty uh at various price points here here's a squad dave that was available yesterday when i checked 250 bucks Russell Wilson, AJ Dillon, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, Noah Fant uh, owns their round one picks in each of the next couple of years. That's a that's a saucy mm-hmm. squad there. Seventy seven dollar squad. Joe Burrow, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Justin Jefferson, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, uh, all of the future picks and then some. A seventy seven dollar team, super flex team. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Tua. Sony Michelle. This is this is uh they do have Travis Etienne. This is more of a team kind of similar to mine where there's they're not rich there. But T. Higgins, Devontae Adams, Van Jefferson, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Cooks. This feels kind of like a Dave Cabin team. <laughs> Dawson Knox. Yeah, Dawson it Knox, that tight yes. end. I feel like Dave's gonna be and they own the 105. Oh wow. Uh, and in the 205. I feel like Dave's gonna be checking that one out. Then, then the last one I'll mention. And, and I mean you can scroll down through all, all of the rosters are listed. You're actually this is not a dispersal situation. You know exactly what you're purchasing here. Here's here's the last one I'll mention. Dak this is a one QB. Dak Prescott, Ryan Tannehill, Javante Williams, Clyde Edwards elaire Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, Michael Gallup, Devontae Adams, uh Odell Beckham Jr., Hunter Henry, uh, Albert Okui and then the one eight two oh one. Um, in the draft this year, so that's a fun team in a one in a QB format uh, with a pair of top 13 picks. I think you can really turn that team into something exciting. So plenty more to check out there. Um, but if you've never if you've never adopted an orphan before, it's a cool way to get into a league and and you know jostle things around. You know the, those managers have been playing with each other. There's been one dynasty market that's been in existence, and you can come in with your new values. Uh, that you assign to these players and use using our rankings using our uh, value conversion chart within our rankings and you can just go in and make moves and turn that league on its head and totally change the landscape so it's it's a very fun exercise especially when you know what you're getting like that um so i would encourage you to check that out over at myffpc.com
1: thank you for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.